All right, so, um, yeah, she said eloquently, but I don't think I'm going to be eloquently speaking about this. It's hard to put, describe things that you go through, especially spiritual things, to put that in words. Certain things are much more easier left unexplained. And the best way to explain things is through experience, but uh, I'm going to try and do, do my best. Yeah, um, the scripture in Ephesians, where Paul says, uh, the mystery which has been hidden from ages, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery hidden from ages, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, if you look at the prophets, like uh, John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness for quite a while before Jesus came on the scene. And I, I wondered one day why he was in the wilderness. Why would someone just randomly go there? I know God told him to go there. But it must have been he was looking and seeking for something. That's why he went there. And when he went there, the Lord told him something. And the Lord told him that there's a man who's going to come, who's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit with fire. And then Peter says that the prophets of old sought and eagerly awaited a time when the glory of Christ will be revealed in them. So there's a person called the Holy Spirit who when he comes in us, he brings the presence and the person of God in us. The prophets in the Old Testament were all seeking and looking for this wonderful phenomenon, wonderful thing where man and God would become one, where God would enter and step into men. That's why John goes in the wilderness and he seeks God. But then one person would impart the very spirit of God into us and unite our spirits with the spirits of God, that Christ will be in us, the hope of glory. I hope I'm so with you guys. I want to read a just simple passage from John 14. Yeah, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That way I am, there you may be also. John 14. So in this scripture, we see that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us for one particular reason. So that you and me and every other Christian may be where he is. So the yearning heart of God is that his heart is desiring to be with the ones he loves continually. When sin came through Adam, men were separated from God. But now Christ comes and I'm going to prepare a place for you that you and me may be together constantly. No more barriers or distance. The man can now constantly behold the face of God and God in turn can look upon your face. God enjoying you and you finding your pleasure in God. Finding your fulfillment in God. And God finding his pleasure in you. So now there is a place that Christ went to prepare for us and where God is constantly, is where we can go and experience and behold Jesus. Jesus says in John 17, he prays, and then he says, Father, I pray that they may be with me where I am, 
that they may behold my glory. So the place where Jesus is, is a place where men can behold his glory. And this is the place which he went to prepare, where he is found, where we can behold his glory. And Jesus says in that scripture, that place is the Father's house. So I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. And in my Father's house is the place I'm going to prepare for you so that you can come in my Father's house and behold my glory. So that we can be together 24-7, uninterrupted. Now the question is, what is the Father's house? What place was he preparing, preparing for us? Heaven was prepared before the foundation of the world. So what place is Jesus talking about? I know people say heaven and all these things. I believe the place he was talking about was himself, Jesus. Jesus is the Father's house. Now a house is basically a place where you live, a habitation. A place where we can go and, and feel at home. A place where you have keys to open and door and get in and stay. That's just a house. Jesus says, the works that I do, it is not I, but it's the Father who lives in me. The Father God lived in Jesus. Jesus was the house of the Father. Paul in Colossians says, in him, in Christ Jesus, dwelt the fullness of the God in bodily. So God sees that man is down on earth. Right? And God in the Old Testament would come and visit people during long periods of time. In the patriotic dispensation during the time of Abraham, he visited Abraham over periods of time. He came to Abraham over maybe a space of 10 years and then another 20 years. And then when Moses comes, God comes and stays with them as a pillar of fire and a cloud of fire. And now, in another scripture, Jesus, God says, what house can you build for me? Or what place can you prepare for me? And we hear Jesus says, a body have you prepared for yourself. So now God steps into Christ. Almighty Elohim, the creator of heaven and earth, puts his fullness in his son. And that son, he calls him his house. And Jesus comes on the sin. And man is with God. Man is with God. But the desire of God is that man will be in God. So he says, I go prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you may be also. And I will come again and receive you. So how did Christ go and prepare a place for us? If he is the Father's house, how did he prepare a place for us? So Adam, he sinned. He fell out of the heart of God, Eden, which was delight, out of a place of delight. He couldn't stay there because of sin. Christ Jesus comes. And the heart of God is lonely because it needs, it's waiting for us. God finds his pleasure in you and me. That's what Christianity is. God finding his pleasure in you and you finding your pleasure in God. So the place of delight, it's just an empty place where no, where no man is going in to find that delight. And it's breaking God's heart. So Christ says, I am the house. I am that Eden that Adam came out. I am a place of delight. And I need to prepare a place for these people. So he goes on the cross to prepare a place for us. And his body is torn. And the veil is torn. Yes. And through his blood now, we can enter into that place 
of great delight and intimacy with him. So he prepared a place for us on that cross where he hung on that tree and his body was split and broken into two. And the veil was open. And no longer can we go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Like the priest in the Old Testament went once a year. And that was a special moment for them. That was the day of the year for them. That was more than Christmas to them. The day when we shall cleanse ourselves and go into the presence of God. But Jesus comes. His body is broken. He says, I prepared a place for you. Now you can come in. And that you may be where I am. And then he says again, after I prepare a place, I will come again and receive you and take you and show you the way. So Christ Jesus comes again as the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit. To show us the way. Mm-hmm. Philip says, show us the way. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But when he, the spirit of truth, which is also the spirit of Jesus, mm-hmm. for Paul calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus comes, he will lead you into all the truth and he will show you the way. So the Holy Spirit now comes right. to show us the way back into Christ Jesus, yes. into that very place. So Father God, Papa God, Yod Heva, they lived and moved and dwelt in Jesus. And that same Jesus, who is the very house of God, mm-hmm. several scriptures said, in him dwelt the fullness of the God bodily. And then he says in another scripture, the works that I do, it is not I, but it's the Father who lives in me. Mm-hmm. He was the Father's house, he is still the Father's house. And you have received Jesus, the fullness of God inside of you. Jesus in you, living in you. There's an amazing song by Jesus Culture which says, heaven is here now. And they don't say, it's all around us. They say, heaven is here now. He is all around us. Meaning heaven is a person. And they say, Jesus is here. He's all around us. Jesus is heaven. Heaven is Jesus. Jesus is the Father's house. It's all about Christ Jesus. The whole mystic secret, it's all Christ. Without Christ, there's no mysticism. Without Christ, there's nothing. Everything is held together by one Jesus Christ. And if we lose our glimpse of this majestic God, Christ Jesus, we lose everything. He's the door into the Father's house. He's the Father's house. He's the door. He's the way. He's heaven itself. He's everything. He's the door we go in to find pasture. He is the pasture itself that we feed him. He's the bread of life. No wonder why Paul says, the mystery of ages, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you. Jesus, the son of the living God, Jesus who is the fullness of the God in bodily. Where in Hebrews, Paul writes, he's the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God upholding all things with the word of that power. The same Jesus is inside of you, living in you. Is in you. Meaning there's another house inside of you whose owner is eagerly waiting for you to go and knock on the door. You are a moving house right now. Because you carry God in you. And inside of you, 
God is residing as well. And he's eagerly waiting your visit. So now, the thing is, when you turn to Hebrews, Jesus says something. He speaks and then says, tell them this is what the faithful and amen says. Amen. Which means, let it be so. The answer to everything. Amen. So, by faith, he who is the amen of God, who is the answer to anything, is inside of you. So meaning, all that I'm looking and seeking for every answer to any of my problems, to anything, is inside. It's not God out there in the atmosphere, but it's God in me. I carry the amen of God. I carry Jesus, who is the amen to every single prayer. All I'm looking for is inside of me. We carry the answer to anything, to any problem, to any question. We have the answer. It's not hanging in the atmosphere. It's been given. Jesus is coming to our hearts. But since he's coming to our hearts, he's a very gentle and loving God and he won't force himself out. So we, in turn, people become guilty of locking the Son of God in their hearts. Because they don't know how to access, how to go and open up for him to manifest. Interesting story with the disciples and the boat. They're in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. They're going through a storm. Storm is raging the boat, right? They start screaming and looking for help. Looking outside in, using buckets to throw the water out. But peace to the storm himself is in the boat, sleeping sleeping we do the same thing we go through the storms of life and peace himself is inside sleeping just there idle it was until the disciples went and shook him and woke him up that he said peace be still the answer to the storm was not outside for another ship to come and rescue them the answer was inside the boat We shouldn't leave Jesus idle in us. It's like, you know, you know an atom? Like, there's a, if you look at an atom, right? The more you look at it, the more you observe it, yeah. the more it begins to act. If you take it, your eyes off it, it won't react. Right. right? Same with Christ, the presence of God inside you. The more you turn your attention inwards and realizing that this Jesus is, is, is not far off, He's inside of me. He's closer than my own skin because he's inside. That's right. And the moment I just turn my eyes inside, like an atom, he reacts and he acts. I had a dream a couple of months ago. And in the dream I was talking to a lady. And I was saying to this lady, you know the scripture where in uh, James it says, for the spirit that dwells in you yearns jealously yes. and I say to this lady in the dream and I ask the lady why is the spirit in you yearning jealously and why does the Bible say the spirit specifically say the spirit that dwells in you mm-hmm. yes, 
In the dream, I say to the lady, he's yearning jealously for your attention. He's yearning jealously for you to just focus on him once. It's just yearning for you to not be focused on the outside world or to not try and look for Jesus out there. Jesus is in you. He's yearning for you to just focus on Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's within you. He's within us. We all need to look inside. St. Augustine said um, uh, he lost much time in the beginning of his Christian experience by trying to find God, God outwardly rather than turning inwards. Mm-hmm. He said he sought God outwardly mm-hmm. rather than turning inwards to find God. I have received Jesus inside of me. He's here to stay. He said, I will never leave nor forsake. But we're constantly trying to pursue God thinking he's in heaven, he's somewhere far off, but he's just within our reach. He's waiting eagerly for us to just turn inwards and look inside and experience him. That we would enjoy his presence in us and he would enjoy us. Mm -hmm. People talk about the soul of man melting into the image of God. That's how you melt into God. That's how you become fused with God. You turn, you look, and you behold. As Paul says, we are changed from glory to glory by beholding his face. And then Paul says, the glory of God, which is the face of Jesus. And we are changed from glory to glory by looking inwards, by turning inwards, by beholding the face of Christ inside of us. I was on the bus one day and I was thinking about spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. How to measure spiritual growth or what is spiritual growth. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said to me, spiritual growth is the increase in the consciousness of the presence and the power of God. You measure it by how one recognizes and is conscious of my presence within when we begin to be so conscious of the presence of Christ in us more than the presence of Christ around. Mm -hmm. The answer to every single thing is inside. Mm -hmm. That's why now prayer becomes a practice of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. That's why sometimes you don't, you hear people like Madame Gien talk about not even saying a word to God but they're in deep prayer. How? They're just turning inwards to look at Him. Because prayer is the practice of His presence. Mm -hmm. And you can only practice His presence where He is. So you go to where He is. You look inside for He lives inside of you. Moses says to, he asks God, he says, Father, show me your glory. If I found grace in your sight. And, And God says to Moses, there's a place by me, where you can come to see my glory. The place was outside back then. Now that place is now inside. So instead of going up a mountain, we go in inside. ourselves. It's amazing how many scriptures there are that speak about Christ in us. So many. 
like another scripture, Christ comes and then he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom. And the disciples ask him, Father, teacher, how does the kingdom of God come? How do we know the kingdom is here? And he says, the kingdom does not come by observation. Neither will man say, here it is or there it is. Mm -hmm. For the kingdom is inside of you. The kingdom, which is the domain of the king, yes. which is the king himself. The reign of the king. The king is the presence. The king is Jesus. Jesus inside of you. As he was the father's house on earth, he became the father's house on this earth. And he went in a solitary place to pray. But he went in a solitary place to turn inwards. To engage with his father in him. And he in turn invites us to do the same. It's very sad. Isaiah 53 says there was a man acquainted with so many sorrows lonely and destitute mm -hmm. and he calls us his brothers so that we might have we may keep him company we may be with him but I still believe Christ Jesus when he was on earth he was lonely as well mm -hmm. now he comes inside of you is it just that Jesus would be lonely again because you're just refusing to turn inwards and be with him? Because you're too focused on Christ outside when he's inside of you screaming, I'm here. And we let the son of God 2,000 years ago, he was lonely and he cried and he comes in us to do the same thing. That we won't even turn to him. He's a person like you and me, and he's real. He has feelings. And you know you have feelings too. The high priest touched by the very one of our infirmities. Sorrowing Christ he was. Is he still sorrowing Christ? Lonely now? He said, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, the joy that he would enter into and you could be one, that you could find his delight and pleasure in you, he endured the cross. Yes, for the lamb that was slain and cleansed your heart, for him to come and abide, where you received the reward for what he paid for, that we would just look at him inside. inside looking unto Jesus, yeah. the author and the perfecter of our faith, looking unto him. Where do you look on, at him? In heaven? Yeah, inside. inside. It's inside. Where our faith is perfected, it's by looking at him. Where we go from strength to strength, it's by looking at him yeah. where we get the faith to face tomorrow. Jesus. By looking at him. To keep the Son of God company. Yeah. It's not that he is God. He's God. And he's fully God. Because he's fully God, he does not depend or need anything from us. Mm -hmm. But loves 
His love for us wants him, makes him desire to share his goodness with us. There's a guy I've been listening to called uh, Michael Colionis. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. He's a Benny Hinn's um, son-in-law. What's his last name? Colionis. K-O-U-L-I-A-N-O-S-S. He preaches about Jesus and intangible love of Christ flows from him when he speaks. He said, the Holy Spirit said to him one day, Michael, as long as you live outside of your heart, you live outside the kingdom. Because the kingdom is inside of you. The kingdom is inside of you. So why can't we find joy in what the world offers? Because we leave inside. We find our joy from what's within. The riches of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So I become a citizen of heaven because I live in my heart. I become a citizen of the kingdom because I live in my heart. I become a citizen because I'm conscious of the presence of God in my heart. I'm more conscious of God in me, knowing that every storm, any problem, is fixed by the Christ inside of me. So now I've spoken about Christ in us, Christ in me. How then do we engage for the mystics, mystic secret of God? How then do we engage, engage with Jesus in us? How many, we've all experienced His presence, right? In a room, in a place, right? But there is more of that presence inside. But that same presence you experience in a room flows from outside. It. He that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. They flow out sometimes. But how many are willing to go on the shore where the river is? Not only on the shore, but to go deep into those rivers that's within our hearts. Many are willing to let the river just flow through. But how many are, go- are willing to go inside and swim with the tide of the river? And enjoy Jesus. Yeah. God has like winged our ignorance. But I think the day is coming and the day has come where all this wonderful, amazing truth are being revealed to us. So how do I enter inside? How do I do I embrace the presence of God? How do I look at God? When we worship, I used to worship, I used to say, I love you, Lord. I praise your name, looking to the heavens and directing my words up to the sky. And then I realized Jesus 
was in the room and it changed. Where are you, Lord? Oh, there. I worship you right there. And I realized another thing. No, he's actually inside of me. So if I can direct my words to heaven and in a room, I can direct my words inside. So I can say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Not speaking to the atmosphere, but speaking inside of me. Why focus my attention, my emotions, on Christ inside. No word spoken. But just focusing my attention on him. Just looking at his face, beholding his face inside of me. Just focusing my attention. There's endless possibilities in God to the soul that's willing to dive into the depths of Jesus. And the depths of Jesus are inside of you. And the face of Jesus is basically his presence. Seek my face, seek my presence inside of you. Look inside. Deep calls unto deep. Christ sitting in the depths of you are calling for you to look. I had a day when I was, um, um, it was in the evening. And uh, it was more like a, a wasted day for me. So I was going downstairs and um, I wanted to watch a movie. I was like, no, and let me go find a book to read, actually. So I went downstairs to try and uh, read a book. And I was going downstairs, I began to pray in tongues. Because I felt like, oh, I didn't really engage with God today or do anything. So my religious conscience is, is, is pricking me. So I soothed my conscience, so I began to just pray in tongues. So I go downstairs. And I'm like, okay, the conscience now pricks me more. I'm like, okay, let me look for some good Christian literature books. So I go on the shelf, my room, start looking for books. Okay, this is a good book to read, good book. Okay, I'm gonna take this book, I'm gonna play my movie, I'm gonna read this book, so I'm watching the movie upstairs. So, as I'm leaving the door, as I'm about to leave, I hear the Holy Spirit say, what are you doing? I'm like, I pause. I'm like, no, oh, this, 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 what's wrong? This should be me. But then, I know that voice. I know it's not me. I've been with that voice for so long that I can know it, that it's not me. And I sat down. I'm like, okay. And I kept quiet. And the Holy Spirit began to say to me, why do you do this? I'm like, what, Lord? Why are you looking for outward things to satisfy or to soothe the hunger inside of you? When I am inside of you, the bread you're looking for these days inside of you, why are you looking for this and that and that and that? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with reading stuff. That's, that's great. But he it, it, it was just teaching me a lesson. That's right. To me to realize that he's inside. Mm-hmm. I don't try to have to pump up something to express his presence. I just have to turn in one and look. 
He says, the kingdom of heaven is within reach of you. The kingdom is within me. And then I sat there and he began to speak to me. Don't do that. Michael, I live inside of you. I live inside of you. I'm not like a, a doctor's place where you need to put an appointment and say, come at 9 o'clock for 30 minutes. I'm available 24-7. And you can enjoy me 24-7. I can enjoy you 24-7. I'm just, I'm just like, wow, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. And he began to teach me a lot of things. A lot. <laughs> For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. He began to tell me, not only are those the fruit of the Spirit, but that is the character of the Spirit. The Spirit Himself is love, joy, peace, and that same Spirit is inside of me. That's right. So if I want to laugh, if I want to feel a little joy, do I need to put a comedy skit on TV? Or do I need to just focus on the joyful Christ inside of me? That Christ would delight over me with laughter. So I began to try all these new things, sit down quietly and just close my eyes and try to focus on a particular revelation of Jesus. So I think we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna try and make us do this tonight, today. So I was like, okay, I need to peace, Lord. Just focus on the peace aspect, aspect of Jesus in me. I'd feel peace flood my soul. I'd focus on the joy aspect of the Holy Spirit. Just close my eyes and focus. He's real. He's real. Yeah. And the moment you look at him, he looks back at you. So I began to focus to just look at him at his joyful part. The God who delights and dances over me, inside of me. And I'm filled with joy. I'm like, this works. That's right. This is this works. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Same thing with healing. I always wondered, I read a lot of healing evangelists, and the majority of them that I've read, they died of a sickness or something. A. E. Allen, he had terrible pain in his knees, but he was praying for people getting healed. And I was asked to look, how come they couldn't heal themselves? How come they couldn't do this? And then I got the answer one day and I realized they were releasing the river of living waters outside. But they never desired to go inside that river and release that same river into their bodies focusing on Christ who heals inside of you Jesus is the answer Jesus is the reason it's all about Jesus Jesus made it possible that God and man could be one that man could enjoy God and God would enjoy man man united with Christ so I want us to do something. Just okay. All right.
I just want sex. Yeah. So, I think of him on one particular character of him. And I look inward and focus my attention on that character of Christ that's in me. So what am I doing? I'm looking at him. And by looking at him, I begin to look like him. My soul begins to melt into his image. And I begin to bear his image. Or sometimes, I want him. I don't want to say words all the time. But I have emotions, right? I have desires. I just look knowing the fullness of God is inside. And I turn all my emotions and my attention right there. And He is there. Like I do that, right? It, 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 it might take time, but over time you get used, it'll be easy. I do that. I feel electric currents moving through by doing that. Yeah. Being quiet, turning inwards. Fault like lightning flashing through. And now I'm like, God, what is this? What is all? It's you inside of me. I'm focusing on you. I'm looking at you. I'm enjoying you. You're enjoying me. I'm just staring at you, Jesus. And I'm taking your image and I'm and my soul is melting in you. Hidden in Christ, living in my heart, living a life hidden inside. I'm just going to finish with this. Elijah was running away from Jezebel. He goes in the cave and is waiting for God. God, fire comes and says that God was not in the fire. An earthquake comes and says God was not in the earthquake. And he said he had a still small voice. And the Bible says when he had a still small voice, he took his clock. And he didn't want. That's what the scripture is saying. What was he doing? He was turning inwards to find Christ, to find God in him. In him. John G. Like said, Do not cage the Son of God in you. Let him loose and give Jesus to the world. He's inside of you. Why don't you say something?